0: Uh, I was just uh, walking by your uh, your room and uh, and you you know I was thinking, oh, boy, it's been a long time since we've had the uh, little father son chat. Uh, uh,
1: this is Dirt and Sprague. I uh, I
0: bought some magazines. Do you want to just flip to
1: the uh, center section? Well, this is the this is the uh, female form. Andy Dirt Johnson. This is Hustler and this is a much more exotic magazine. Look at the expression on her face. You see that? See what she's doing? She's kind of looking right into your. Eye, Shank. hey big boy hey how you doing you see right. and Brendan Sprague shave is a magazine I'm not too familiar with but again uh, if you flip to the center mm-hmm. section well you see the detail that uh, that they go into in this picture mm-hmm. here yeah it, it almost looks like a, a tropical plant or some underwater yeah thing dirt and spray gone 1080 okay that uh, that was good. Yeah, see you at dinner. Uh, yeah, see, I'll see you at dinner. The Fan. Baby, won't you tell me <laughs> hey, let's do this. Final hour at and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader, Teddy to The Fan. Well done. All-time classic. All-time classic. I need to start doing that. What I make, I've been trying to make more opens. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, combine too many different things, and sometimes there's just iconic scenes and moments that fly under the radar that need to just be <laughs> hey there, by guy. themselves for an open. Hey there, big guy. And this her? looks like an underwater plant or something. <laughs> Shaved is not one I'm familiar with. A couple of great lines from that scene that you can't play on the radio, but uh, it's fun to relive nonetheless. Uh, And uh, we are eventually going to have Ken Barkley. I just reminded Swag about it. Oh, it's all right. I I sent him that open super late and he was saving it in. Oh, gotcha. Uh, So we'll get to it. Here's here's what else we got coming up in the final hour. There was an athletic piece that came out this week on. Oh, God. I know. Oh, God. I know. It's back. Uh, the Portland Diamond Project is in the Athletic this week because, <laughs> well, we'll explain I'll explain yeah. it when we get there. It we'll should to be that. the Portland Gridiron Project, but yes, that's I my two cents. tend to agree on that. We could shift our focus. Hell, let's just have an open-ended thing. It, the, the Portland whatever project. Hockey? I'm all in on hockey, too. Every time I turn on a cracking game, I get incredibly depressed. That would require working with a great owner, <laughs> and Jody Allen, to me, hey, it could happen. Not that When she sells, it could happen, man. You get an owner with a good vision and where we're going and all that. So uh, we'll get to that coming up. An NFL head coach to be once potentially twenty million dollars a year. Also, and we kind of got an idea of one of his interviews, I guess, from a radio host. We did, yeah, we did. And the Blazers are back in action tonight, so we got a lot to get to here in the final hour of the show. Joining us now, though, is our good buddy, uh, oh, hey, well, tubular, on. all the tubular. <laughs> Tub- uh, on the line is the host of You Better You Bet Odyssey Sports Betting Insider Kim Barkley. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to listen to You Better You Bet podcast for more of Kim Barkley's analysis. Just search You Bet wherever you find your podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Lockie Lockerson. Uh, easy one for you to start. Did you prefer Charlie Brown or Winnie the Pooh as a kid?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh man, kind of neither. neither. I didn't watch like either of those. Wow. Yeah, I was definitely not a Peanuts person. I was a big Calvin and Hobbes person. So like when you get the funny pages okay. on Sunday, like I've got what I get the Boston Globe, I guess, because I grew up in Massachusetts. Take out the, the comics. You know, like Peanuts would always be the top one or Garfield would always be the top one. And then Calvin and Hobbes would always be the second one. That was like that was my jam. Like Winnie the Pooh was fine, I'm sure when I was like five years old and learning about <laughs> whatever animals and honey pots and stuff. But when it was like time to consume comics or like animated material. Uh, big-time Calvin and Hobbes person.
1: And okay. hey, cartoon honey always looked more delicious than it really is in real life. It's a great yeah, marketing and then, like, like... He,
0: How did he eat the whole pot and right. then not, like, have a raging coughing fit afterwards? Yeah. Like, after, anybody ever had, like, a teaspoon of honey? You want to, like, chug a gallon of water afterwards, basically. This dude was, like, slurping it like it was, you know— a gallon of water or something. It was crazy.
1: Okay, so no, no, you kind of, you're fin sitting a little bit, but I understand it because you're Calvin Hobbs, Garfield. I get it. Okay, so no Charlie Brown, no Winnie the Pooh. Are, or are you more of a, a Joe Burrow or a Josh Allen guy?
0: Ooh. Is that a this weekend conversation or a general conversation? Ooh. This weekend, I'm going to be a big Josh Allen person. In general, I love Joe Burrow, and I, would, I, I hope I never have to bet against him again. And I hope he wins every game after this one uh, for the rest of the season. But I, I would very much like him to not win this game.
1: So is the is the backing of Josh Allen this weekend? Because I think the line's what five and a half right now. Is is how yep. much of that has is to it up do, to five and a half? I think it's a five wow. and a half. Yeah, it's yeah. actually six in a couple places. Oh, wow! <laughs> uh, how much of that is on Cincinnati's offensive line issues? Because I mean, I I was locked up with you last week. Like we all loved uh, uh, Buffalo minus the thirteen and a half, and it's like seventeen nothing out of the gate. Could have been twenty four nothing. We're like, this is the easiest bet of all time. Then you look up and they're losing in the third quarter. Uh, is there concern about what Buffalo did and how much of you loving Buffalo is Cincinnati's down, what, three starting offensive linemen?
0: Yeah, so so to be really clear, it, with the number five and a half, six, this is not, like, my favorite bet or anything. Okay. The way that we have positioned ourselves on the show is we are extended on Buffalo to win the Super Bowl, and, like, I have a lot on Josh Allen to win Super Bowl MVP and on Josh Allen to lead the postseason in passing yards and on Stephon Diggs to lead the postseason in receiving yards. And, like, all of these things because the prices were just, I think, wrong. And uh, so I, it's not like, hey, Buffalo minus five and a half, like, bet of the year. I think we're, we're getting really close to the right number. We're probably on the right number right now. I do think they're very likely to win, though. And I, I think a lot of people are like, well, Joe Burrow, he's so great. And, like, what what is possibly my counterargument to that? Of course he is. He's unbelievable. And Chase is really good. And their offense can potentially be electric. At the same time, like the last six weeks, has anybody actually watched these Cincinnati games? They're not very good. <laughs> like They're actually just not very good. Um, needed, needed Tampa to gift wrap the game with a bow and a tag on it in order to, to come back from a huge depth and yeah. Tampa turned the ball over like five times in a quarter, basically. Uh, Bengals were getting smoked by Tampa in that game. They built a huge lead on New England. Patriots should have won that game. They fumble at the five-yard line going in. Uh, that should have been another loss. I, I mean, they, they play the Ravens in back-to-back weeks. They have trouble putting them away when no one's playing. Then they should have lost when everyone was playing. That's it. That's the Bengals' December and January. That's what it is. So they're going to – and then obviously the DeMar Hamlin no-contest game where we, have, we don't learn anything from that game, right? We have no idea what would have happened. This is all we have for Cincinnati. The defense is below average in every metric that we track. I, I don't think the team's very good. And I'm sure Burrow is awesome. And maybe he can overcome everything that I just said. But, like, would you bet on it? Like listen to all the stuff in the negative column, mm-hmm. and like they're gonna go to Buffalo and just win like organically. I think cool. Allen could turn the ball over a bunch. They could do a lot of the stupid stuff that they did against Miami. Of course, they could do that again. Um, I I think Buffalo is very very likely to win. I would just like caution people who think that Cincinnati can just like run this back again that this team is actually fundamentally much somehow much worse than last year's team, which almost like defies explanation.
1: You're also talking to somebody that's already laid his Cincinnati bet. So that was great to hear. Uh, <laughs> especially the, uh, well, would you, you get, really you bet on a them? Game <laughs> like, a yeah. Lot.
0: You can get a close game a lot. In fact, also you might get terrible weather. It's yeah, possible it the weather be. in that game is going to be bananas. It's Buffalo. There might be a, there's potentially a snowstorm during the game. So, Hey, like, if you like a dog in, in any game, yeah. if you like an underdog, this is what killed Seattle last week is that they thought they were going to get some kind of like mud fight. Mm-hmm. And then they show up to the game and the sun starts coming out. It's like, Whoa, whoops, <laughs> here's, here's, here's Brock Purdy for 700 passing yards
1: mm. in the game.
0: That's unfortunate. So if you're Cincinnati, like, yeah, you, I, I think if you're Cincinnati, you want this to be the stupidest weather game ever. Josh Allen's fumbling it all over the place. He's throwing picks. And like that's your path to victory. I don't know in like a perfect weather game. I honestly, this sounds so stupid. Because Miami almost won last week. I really think on average, I don't think he can hang with Buffalo in a game like this.
1: I I like a lot of the dogs this weekend, and I, I will try to get to all these games with you here. But one I like, and I'm probably going to stay away because, as as you know, and everybody I think in in the sports media world knows, if if you kind of have a, a a you know a. a your heart's attached to a game, maybe you sit out, sit it out, right? Nick did this a week ago with the Giants, and everything's going on with that. I, I, I'm going to sit this one out, but I kind of like Dallas plus the four. I would love for you to tell me why I'm an idiot, because you, you really are, you're in tune with this stuff, you have metrics that you follow throughout the season and reasons why you lean one way or the other. Everything you just laid out, San Francisco looked amazing in that second half. I kind of like Dallas with the points. Where are you at on that one?
0: Cool man, I am, my level of excitement for this game is about a 100 out of 100. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really even get excited for like most games anymore. You mentioned you want to, you know, you got to, because you like, your your heart is with a team and you want to try to put that to the side. The good news is like, I just bet I don't have a heart. I can just bet on whatever <laughs> I want. I'm heartless. And uh, I grew up, I grew up a Patriots fan and they won 75 titles and I don't root for any team anymore. I don't care. So... It it takes a lot for me to get like really into a game where like even just watching the game, I'll be super into it. Neither game Saturday really does it for me. I I mean, I can't wait to watch them, but like, you know, whatever. It's like a divisional playoff game, teams favored by a touchdown. Bill Bengals has the potential to be very special. I, I mean, you need Cincinnati to show up more than I think they might in order for it to be special. You need Burrow to be unbelievable for that game to be good. And he can be. He's awesome. This game, I have no idea who's going to win. And I mean that in the best possible way. So, like, I do a ton of work on teams that fit a certain profile that have the chance to win the Super Bowl. Like, you look at all of their metrics from the previous years. Usually, winning a Super Bowl is like a multi year process of like building towards something. And then that kind of crescendos. Think about the Rams last year, right? Like, okay, make the playoffs, make the playoffs. You make the Super Bowl with golf, but on a team that was like a little shaky. You plug Stafford in, cup emerges. You still keep everything else. That's like a multi year process that ends with them winning the Super Bowl, right? So, there are teams that make a lot of sense that kind of check all the boxes. There are three that are still remaining in the postseason. There were really three entering the postseason. Buffalo is one, which I think makes sense to everybody. San Francisco is another, and Dallas is the third one, and they're playing each other. So, like, for somebody like me who, like, puts a lot of time into studying this stuff, this game is, like, epic Clash of the Titans (laughs) kind of thing because, like, I don't think a lot of these other teams can win the Super Bowl. I don't think they're built like that, and I think these two teams are and they're playing each other, and I have no clue who's going to win. So just, like, whoever wins, I have a lot of futures on. I have, like, Super Bowl MVPs on both teams, multiple players. I have both teams to win the Super Bowl at crazy prices. This is like watching my children compete against each other in, like, a little league game or something, and it's like I don't don't know who to root for. I will tell you something I like so – I gave you nothing betting-wise there from a side standpoint. I like the over in the game a lot. Uh, Whether it's going to be perfect, 60 degrees, sunny, whatever, not a deal in the game. I think a a hidden part of Tampa Dallas Monday night is like that was Tampa's offense the whole year. And it was hideous. And that's exactly what it was Monday night too. It's been brutal the whole year. I don't think anything Tampa did kind of like tested what is a fundamental weakness on Dallas, which is their pass defense. And I think, yes, it's Brock Purdy and like, whatever. Also, he's great. And they threw for 900 yards last week. I think, I think this is the potential to be a shootout. And I think Purdy and this passing offense can ask way more questions about Dallas' secondary than Tom Brady and the Tampa offense ever could because they were terrible the whole year. And then on the flip side, what have we learned about the Niners the last few weeks? You can throw on them, mm-hmm. which is pretty unbelievable. Geno threw on them. Jarrett Stidham threw all over them. David Blau and the Cardinals threw all over them. What's Dak going to do in this game if he has any time to throw whatsoever? So I just, the past defenses are brutal on these teams right now. I, I think that means a lot of points.
1: It's also the lowest total of the divisional round, too, which kind of blew me away when I was looking at the numbers. A
0: crazy. I'm a surprised it's lower than Giants-Philly. Yeah. The other two, I think, like, you, the other two have to be in the 50s. There's sure. just like – like, you can't – like, well, Cincinnati-Buffalo would be in the 50s, but it's supposed to snow. Normally that would be in the 50s. That's 48 right now. But, yeah, this is the one where I just – I don't really get it, honestly,
1: Ken, Ken. When you're, let me ask you real quick because I want to get to the other games with you. Uh, you guys always say, and I, I've heard this before, like when you get to like three and a half as a key number in in sports gambling, everything you just said might be right, and obviously any scenario is in play here. But when you get to like a, I don't know where I lean, doesn't wouldn't you kind of implement with with three and a half to four? Wouldn't that kind of be in play then? As like you kind of have to take it out of it could be really just the field goal difference here.
0: Well, I think the, when I say I don't know who's going to win or, like, the, the number's okay, what I mean is, like, I rate San Francisco as better than Dallas. I do. Right. And, uh, and if I rate them as slightly better and they're playing at home, then this, this is pretty good. And I think the buy point for me in the game, you talk about key numbers, There has been a little bit of interest in Dallas, like the entire week, like nibbles is almost what I would call it. We're like, okay, this book's going to move like 10 cents, or this book goes four to three and a half. Maybe the three and a half gets bet a little bit. If we ever saw three in the game, I would immediately bet San Francisco and feel great about it. I don't know if that's going to happen. My hope was that maybe Dallas playing so well Monday night would lead us to get that number, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're just going to stay in this range. And it honestly seems like there's a kind of a constant battle going on, where every time Dallas takes money, people bet San Francisco up to minus four again. And there's, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you had a lot of disagreement in this game, because, again, like, the kind of fundamental qualities of both teams are so strong. Like, I could make a really compelling case that these are, like, the second and third most likely teams to win the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. So much attention is going to get paid to those Sunday games because they're both awesome, Cincinnati, Buffalo, and in Dallas, San Francisco. And you're like, oh, that's right, there's a couple of games Saturday, too. I want to get those two you uh, real quick. I mean, I, I look at the Giants and Eagles. That, seem, to me, seems like too many points. I want to gobble them up. I'm curious how you feel about that. And then I've loved Kansas City all week. And then I see a stat this morning. I think Doug Peterson's, like, undefeated against the spread as a road dog in the playoffs. And I'm like, oh, God, now I'm questioning that. How do you feel about the Saturday games?
0: I think if you like the Jags, I think this game's really going to play out in a specific way, whether you like the Jags or not. Uh, what is what is the Jags' profile all year? Uh, they get blitzed in the first half by basically every compelling team that they play. And then they – I don't even think it's halftime adjustments. I think it's like – it just takes Peterson and Lawrence a little bit to kind of figure out what's going on. And then whether it's in the second quarter, third quarter, whatever – they, they tend to kind of make the right adjustment. Lawrence tends to play so much better as the game goes on. And this doesn't even have to be about the Chargers game last week, Cowboys game in the regular season, Titans game in the regular season, Ravens game in the regular season. These were all the last six weeks. All of them fit the same profile. They played the Chiefs earlier this year. They got down 20 to nothing and then lost the game by 10, outscored the Chiefs from that point forward. Why, why is this game going to be so much different than those seven games or whatever? So if you like the Jags, I think they're going to get, I think they're going to be down. And I think, because that's, that's literally every game they basically that's ever right. played, I think, I think you just live bet him if you like him to just cover a one-possession type number. You know, it's 7 nothing, 10-3, 14-7, that kind of stuff. And we kind of know as the game goes on, Lawrence plays way better. So I don't really want to bet the spread beforehand, but mm. it could be like Jags just to keep the game close once Kansas City kind of starts getting rolling because the Jags have shown an ability to do that against, you know, a lot of teams like Kansas City, to be honest.
1: And Giants-Eagles? Are we riding day I mean,
0: the dumbest market, I just, if Jalen Hurts is okay, and that's like a big if, right? He's saying he's okay, he's going to practice. Everybody says the right things. I don't know. When he gets hit by Dexter <laughs> Lawrence, what happens? He's good or he's not good? Like, we, just, we don't know the answer to that question. And if he's totally okay, I think this number's nuts. And I love really? the Eagles. Yeah. Wow. So these, these teams played in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Everyone played for both teams. The game was at the Giants. The spread was seven and a half. We're going to go to Philly, and the Eagles are going to get a week off, and we're going to deal the same number. This is the one. This is the one game where, like, I think I'm an idiot, but I don't know how. Like, I don't know how I'm, I've not. I have not bet the game yet.
1: It's a trap. I trap. I think can.
0: I might get a seven. I really think I might get a seven, and I I think I'm going to be an idiot because, like, no one agrees with me. And the market's entirely moving against me. We have people on the show love the Giants. Think they're going to keep the game close. How on earth? Like seven and a half at the Giants. Uh, well, week off, yeah. they're going to host the game. It's going to be the same number. <laughs> Somebody want to explain that one to me? It's,
1: it's a Ken. trap trap, It's a trap trap. Don't put your, don't a, put your like hand in the triple triple trap trap.
0: It's a triple trap. <laughs> you know, I'm getting, I got like a half dozen traps going at the same
1: time. Here. You know what? At some point, you're going to be watching this game, and you'll, you'll ask this question today. You'll be watching this game, and on your couch, you'll go, Vanilla Vic. I didn't think about vanilla it. Vanilla Vic. Vic. Oh, vanilla yeah. Vic I mean, That's the real trap. Yeah. That's the third trap. The third trap is Vanilla yeah. Vic. you never seen him waiting The third one's always the hidden one. I never <laughs> the first. Yeah. He's the host of You Better, You Bet Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Ken Barkley, Insider Calls, are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Give him a follow on Twitter at lucky Lockerson. We always enjoy it. Can't wait till next Thursday. Thanks, buddy.
0: No problem. Can't wait to see how I'm an idiot. Sounds good. <laughs> there you go, Ken Barkley. Good stuff from if, him.
1: If the Giants cover, you have uh, to intro him as oh, a totally. gambling idiot. Gambling idiot Ken Barkley if yeah. they don't cover the spread. Because, he, I mean, he brings up valid points. I still love the Giants. I love the Giants uh, I mean, this weekend. Everything, I don't know why. I love the Giants. It was, funny. it was funny to talk Bengals bills dirt and then come to him and he just goes on a two-minute rant about why <laughs> the Bengals suck. I, I wanted to respond, like, have we been watching the Bills? They're kind of doing the same thing. Very They're similar vibe. Barely beating some of these teams. The two kick returns were the difference against New England. They barely beat Skylar Thompson. I, that's why I think there's value in those points. I am glad to hear, though, well, I'm, I am and I'm not. Like, I I hate the Dallas Cowboys. But as a non-biased perspective, I think them getting points, especially above three and a half. Yeah, you take those. I think you have to take them because you can, indeed, as he said, you can throw on that defense. And if Dak gets time and Bosa can't get to him and Armstead struggles to get to him, yeah, I – the over might be the play, too. Could be. the uh, a, a dangled carrot reemerges. Let's get to that next on the fan. We're starting to get some Blazer trade rumors. I got that in my notes today. Oh. Talk about that here in the final hour. I loved putting that out there and people going, I don't know any of these people. <laughs> yeah, I even I knew some of the names. And I'm not the biggest NBA guy, but I knew most of those names. On there. A few of them I didn't. I had to Google. Who the hell is that guy? Who does he play for? Is he any good? What position is he? Is he over 6 foot 4? That's a key question in acquiring a new player. 6'3" plays the 2. <laughs> let's get another guard. Put him at 3. I think we need another guard. Yeah, yeah. I think we do. Can too. we get a 6'3" guy to play power forward too? Play Jeremy at center. Let's get let's get Kinky around here. Let's get another biggest 6'3" person in the league. <laughs> he plays bigger though. He plays He's bigger. He's the biggest 6'3" in, in the league. Uh, well, let's get to this. So this came out earlier this week. I've had in my notes. We haven't talked about it yet. It actually kind of pivots from, a, not pivots, but builds on a tweet from uh, one Jason Swigart either last week or this week. So there is growing rumblings in Major League Baseball for twofold. One is that the Rays are getting closer to figuring out their stadium deal in St. Petersburg. Okay. And that's been a long – they've had been trying to figure that forever. Are they moving? Are they staying? Are they building in Tampa? Are they not building in Tampa? There's a growing optimism down in the Tampa area that they are going to figure out their ballpark. They've released renderings, and they're now taking that step. Uh, there's also a growing belief in Major League Baseball circles that the Oakland A's are very close to buying their land in Las Vegas, and just saying we'll see you later, Oakland. We're we're moving to the Strip in Las Vegas, which I think we could all see coming a mile away. It makes sense. The Raiders moved there already. They're not going to get a stadium deal done with the politics in the city of Oakland. Ain't going to happen. That was always the the wisest move for them was to move to Las Vegas. Well, Jason Swigard tweeted when he saw the St. Petersburg news of like, hey, this is a big milestone because what have we all thought about baseball? One, they eventually want to expand. We know that. Two, it's not going to happen. They've said this a million times over and over and over again. They're not going to do it until Oakland and Tampa figure out their stadium situations. Now, welcome back into the forefront of the sports conversation, the Portland Diamond Project. And The Athletic is doing a series. I don't know how long this is going to go on for. But- I think it's like the five- Top five top or whatever five expansion cities. So or they're something. Ba- they're basically doing these investigative pieces, not investigative, but just like let's do a deep dive on the cities that are a, a chance for expansion in Major League Baseball. And Portland was the first city that they featured, and it's a long piece. Just I came thought out. Nashville was. Uh, maybe it was. I didn't read the Nashville one. This is the only one <laughs> I've read it's one of the first they're one of the five cities that are a finalist I don't know I I'm didn't read sorry. all of them. I should have said uh that. Yeah, I, I have no clue which one was first but anyways yeah. they came out with one on Portland and right. so it's a long piece about cheek and the startup and you know yeah. Mike Barrett and Russell Wilson and how he got involved they, uh, yeah. they drive around to different sites uh you know this is an interview that took place in June or July and now they're just coming out with it yeah. uh they they talk about a Beaverton location that was one that they looked at but then ended up getting bought by another private entity that was out by the Nike campus and essentially they also acknowledge that you know some of the things that we have wondered aloud over the last 2 3 years were like one are you do you still exist are you still there and they basically say it was a it was a plan they didn't feel like they could sustain the momentum that they had Coming out of the gate because the ball was in baseball's court and they didn't really have anything else to add because they're waiting on Major League Baseball and so that was kind of a choice when the pandemic hit to fade to the background. They say they're still around, they're still working, but here we go again. The carrot has been redangled in front of your face. Are you chasing after it? Uh, no, the, the the carrot can dangle there, and I'll look at it and say, hey, there's a carrot dangling right here. I I I've I've I haven't given up like a hundred percent of the hope, but that hope went from like feeling like we're gonna do it to Back to what it once was, and that was eh, okay. And I, you know, I, I read this. I didn't think we'd get to it at all because I don't know. Maybe I'm reading into the wrong thing. It just kind of feels like a, more people are on the eh. There's nothing, nothing happening, nothing going on. I hear what they're saying about you can't sustain the momentum. Remember, we did live shows. Out at there, I don't even know if they have that location. Is that still a, do they still rent that place out? I don't out know, I don't know. Sell the merch. But we did shows out there, and, like, mm-hmm. that momentum was real. We had a whole day's worth of programming on the fan where, you know, Barrett's jumping on with Isaac and Souk, and we had, you know, Kevin Gunderson, I think we had Darwin Barney that day. Like, mm-hmm. it was a whole day's worth of content from the Portland Diamond Project. And it felt great. And since then, it's it's gone dark. And I I understand it. You're waiting for baseball. But I do think you're dealing with a certain special sports fan here that's like, we don't want to be lied to and misled. And we we had people even back then, and they probably look more right today than they did. Like, this feels like just a way to sell hats and shirts and nothing more. And I kind of understand that. The political structure here doesn't seem like it's in place to allow – our city to take sports very seriously. Um, if I was to gamble on a site location, would you gamble on T1, T2, or would you gamble no, on like suburbs? Suburbs, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and it feels like that. Out of the city of Portland, away yeah. from the homeless issue, yes. and politics is easier. Now, they they did go around a to tour, and they found that like different cities had different sections that weren't great, and they built stadiums up, and they uh, got rid of some of what pe- bothers people about that, um, but it feels like a suburbs thing. I just I, – I don't think you can sustain momentum. That's true. Y- you got to exist, though, and they haven't. There's been no – what's been their effort the last calendar year to say, hey, we're still here. Hey, this is still something we have in place. The investors list got leaked, and we're waiting for – like y- you can update people of like, yeah, nothing to update, but we're still here to update. yeah. And it felt like they just disappeared. They fell off the face of the planet. And I've I've said this before, I just don't like that approach because you're dealing with a bit of a fickle bunch here in a city where we've had baseball dangled in front of us in 2006 with the Marlins, not as noisy, and then obviously with the Nationals moving uh, from Montreal. Yeah, the Expos, yeah yeah it's been a long it's been a long-standing tradition to be used as leverage or um you know have have a been sold a bill of goods as a baseball fan Who, if you wanted to come here it, it obviously has not happened and it, there's been many opportunities over the years yeah but they they are maintaining in this piece when you read through it that they are they have been throughout the course of the pandemic still diligently working behind the scenes and looking at different sites and they are still very active where I agree with you completely and I think they made a miscalculation is to not be more – look, eventually you are going to run out of steam because once you release the renderings and here's our plan and this is what we want to do, like, ultimately the ball has always been in Major League Baseball's court because Major League Baseball is not going to expand until they figure out Tampa, until they figure out Oakland. And so I almost wonder if they shot their shot a little too early, like if they would have come out now that we're a little bit closer to the St. Pete thing getting done and the Oakland thing getting done, that maybe then you could build your momentum and you're kind of leading right into uh, Major League Baseball looking to expand. I think it was a miscalculation on their part, though, not just to send out a random every once in a while, whether it be an interview, whether it be a press release, whether just something like, hey, we're still here. Here are the latest sites we looked at. Like I was reading through this and maybe I missed it when it happened. But the whole site in Beaverton that was out by the Nike campus that obviously didn't end up happening, it sold to a different private uh, equity group or something like that. Like I I I didn't hear anything about that when they were looking at it. Like that would be great. I know some of this stuff is negotiations where you can't publicly say it, but like, hey, here's an update. This is what we're looking at. Tier one still potentially could happen, or tier two. But we're also looking at this site in Hillsboro. We're looking at this site in Milwaukee. We're looking at this site in Oregon City. And here's an update. And here's where we're at. And we're still trying to bring baseball to Portland. Doesn't have to be an in depth thing, but I think just keeping fans in the loop would have been very helpful for those of us who, like myself, are an eternal optimist and you want to believe that it could happen. I someday. do. Yeah. I I think we all as sports fans want to believe that it could happen. And so uh, to go silent, I think the last two, three years has been a mistake. This is maybe a start of them coming back, though, now that they feel like baseball is getting closer to that decision. There's a note in here. Their first meeting with Rob Manfred happened all the way back in 2017. And they told him at the start of that meeting, uh, Cheek and Barrett and whoever else was in the room said, essentially, if we're ever out of the running, tell us. Like we don't want to waste our time. We got a lot of money invested in this. We got a lot of people tied up in this. If we're ever out of the running, tell us. And the article closes with them saying, five years ago, the request was made. They have they have not been told that they're wasting their time. So Swag brought this up the other day. Swag, we talked about this post show, and and we said, um, you know, you look at the relocation. Saint Petersburg might be the place for the Rays. You might get the A's to go to, to Vegas. Swag brought it up, like if they expand naturally, wouldn't you imagine they'd expand to the West? You would need a team on the West Coast. And this is where the optimism optimism lies. It's like, outside of Portland, can you name me a, a West Coast you can't. Even a mountain time, you can't. So, no. I mean, unless there's a group in like Vancouver, BC that we don't know about, right. unless there's a, you a zero know. indication of that. Yeah. 0 they You're not going, you have too many, te- you already have a ton of teams in California. I think that's a saturated market. You don't want to deal with yeah. those TV windows. So, I- you'd like probably one I 5 wise with Seattle. So, like, there's your optimism. For those who are listening to this and they're rolling their eyes and like, oh, here you guys go again. That's always been the pitch. It's yep. not me saying it's going to happen. It's just like if you're just to evaluate it from a take a step back standpoint. If they expand and the A's do go to Vegas, there's your West Coast "quote unquote" threat. You'd have to say, "Well, what's your West Coast option?" We might be it. Now, where they go from there, I mean, that we're talking about a lot of work that needs to be done. Yeah, but long road to get there. the point needs to be made. Read the article, and my takeaway was like, I want this group to succeed. It's not me wanting to fail, but you got to stay around. You got to say, mention, remind people that you exist, and like. They've just gone dark. Yeah. And I, I just, I personally, as a sports fan, it's lived here my whole life. I don't agree with that approach. Well, let's get to another team in Portland that actually exists because they might be looking for ways to improve their roster. And That is the Blazers ahead of the trade deadline. What are some of the rumors, the names out there? We'll dive into that coming up next.
0: Just
1: scrolling through the uh, fan text line. I, I missed this one at the end of Ken Barkley. Somebody said a uh, a trap within the trap. It's entraption. <laughs> I quite enjoyed that. It's an entraption game. Between the Giants and the Eagles this weekend, let's get to the NBA. Blazers back in action tonight. They're taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, hello. Hello. Uh, Very excited about that game. Uh, Let's get to, though, some of the roster changes that could be coming. Mm. I've seen different, you know, tidbits and everybody, you know, Stein's all over this stuff. Bobby Marks has thrown out some trade scenarios. We've seen things from Chris Haynes about guys that are willing to shop. Seems like the player, at least as of now, that is most likely to get dealt, depending on how the next couple of weeks go. Because when's the deadline coming up? February 10th, Uh, 9th? It's uh, it's under a month now. So, yeah, something like that. A couple of weeks away. The, The player that it seems like is most likely to get dealt is Josh Hart he's a kind of guy that you know contenders would love a guy that plays tough, gritty, all the reasons that we for the most part love him despite his shooting woes currently or his uh, inability to want to shoot the basketball. A lot of contenders could want him. Some of the names that are showing up uh for the Blazers to go get potentially Cam Reddish who is in the complete doghouse in New York. I didn't realize things were so bad for him out there. He can't even play. They're not. I mean, they're not even playing him. You know. Yeah, he had a zero for four, three turnover game on December third. That was the last time he played. Mm-hmm. So it, it's been quite a bit since he's even been in the lineup. He's only been in the league what three, four years. He was originally drafted by the Hawks, played a couple years there, and then he was dealt uh, from Atlanta to New York for the in, in the Kevin Knox deal a couple of years back. So that's one of the the, the players. Rui Hachimura is out there. And then the two that I did not know and had to look up were Isaac Okoro and, uh, is it, Seti Osman? Yeah. Seti Osman? Do you not remember him with LeBron? No, I, I don't. I don't right. remember Seti Osman. Uh, but So those are the names I had to look up. But how are we feeling about the Blazers? Trade rumors, because it is officially trade uh, rumor season. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's that time of year. First of all, let me just get out of the way now. I do not expect a big trade. No. I put up the one with Okoro. I think Bobby Marks threw it out. It was Isaac Okoro and Seti Osman to portland for josh hart and two second round picks i'm expecting something like that if there is a deal at all um getting a blockbuster move is not i what mean happened I, to deandre Aiden, man i thought deandre Aiden yeah, was gonna happen why well, i i'd love to be i'd love to be wrong i would i'd love to be wrong and we talk about deandre ayton or miles turner or pascal siakam i think the reality is uh you're gonna get a small deal that Seventy percent of Blazer fans will bitch and moan about and their players they haven't really watched at all, and <laughs> we will totally because if, if you don't know move, because you don't know the name Isaac Koro. You see Josh Hart leave, you go, we got ripped off. It's probably the same. Player. And then Okoro's going to rip twelve rebounds down and give you nine points, and you go, I love this guy, man. This was a good try He's only averaging two and a half boards a game. I'm out. Only five points. Yeah. Get out of here. Look, he's, he's yeah, he's playing in a very stacked <laughs> Cleveland team. I'm just saying, like, I think it's going to be more like that. It's a smaller. deal. You're googling a name to find out what he's done. You're concluding an opinion on him without having watched him play on his team. It's 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 what Portland revels in the most. That being said, I believe now if this was just trade deadline chatter, then okay. But if this was a next year and a half chatter, this is wrong. I saw a report that Chris Haynes is suggesting that Anthony Simons is quote untouchable. Untouchable. I'm sorry. I'm not living in that world anymore. Stop. Stop. Now, is is that a your belief, or you think the Blazers would actually listen to offers? No, that's my belief. Yeah. Stop. There's one untouchable player and he wears the letter O. There should be. Only one Everybody player. Everybody else should absolutely be having a phone call on if somebody calls to inquire about and offer you a pretty sweet thing in return. Should always be willing to you listen. should always be willing to listen. And so I, I'll caution it a little bit. Haynes is pretty plugged in, though he got some Warrior stuff wrong this year that Steve Kerr was like, that's not true. And so I know he's getting this from agents and players and whatnot. I respect him a whole hell of a lot. But that better not be true because you are, you're 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 committing malpractice against yourself by having that philosophy. I know he's 23. I know they just signed him. I know he could be an amazing player. Mm-hmm. He's a very good player. But if somebody is to call and say we have a 6'8 wing who can score the basketball at an all-NBA level... Uh, you, you should not be hanging the phone up. You should probably be taking that call and listening to more. Yeah, that was concerning. I, I hope that that report isn't true and that we don't make the same mistake twice. Like that's ultimately been my thing. I'm not advocating you have to trade him or mandating you trade him. But the one of the problems that you had with the last management group and C.J., was that it was off the table? It was CJ was our guy. We're not going to trade him. And I just, I, I, to me, that is managerial malpractice. Like you, you, should always be. Hell, I'd even listen if you called about Damian Lillard. Doesn't mean I'm going to trade him. I want Dame to retire a Blazer. But if somebody's going to call you and throw an offer at you, I'm always willing to listen. You should always be uh, having an open line of communication, and that includes with the Anthony Simons. And so if you're just shutting down conversations, again, that's just a random report. So I don't know if it's true or not. But that is a little concerning. I will tell you, you know, a lot of it will depend on what happens with this team in the next three weeks. They got, what, six, seven games at home coming up here. You got starts with Philly tonight. It's, tonight's game is going to be tough. The games after it are somewhat manageable. If, if you're not turning your play around and your trade deadline ends up being adding a guy that Blazer fans, like seventy-five percent of them, don't know anything about, have never heard of, they, they'll hate him until he has a game. He'll yeah. have a game, he'll have a moment, we'll yeah. love him, and then we'll hate him again because he's not consistent. And that's why his other team gave up on him because he's not consistent. And you're just, I mean, you're just shuffling the, the deck of cards to show you a different card. It's the same deck ultimately. If you're trading Josh Hart for another French player, Cam Reddish, somebody like that with some upside, I know he's been in the doghouse in New York. York like I'm willing to take a flyer on something like that especially if it feels like you're not going anywhere this year like hey take a shot see what you can get but uh, some trade rumors are out there with the Blazers we have a poll question up on that and uh, we'll give you the responses from that that we put that up uh, yesterday at the end of the show or right after the show so let you know what the responses are we will talk about that Philly game because the 76ers are in town tonight we'll also tie up a couple of loose ends including a transfer quarterback that is uh, off the market we'll tell you who that is and where he's going we'll close it up next on the floor. Well, so we got a bit of college football news earlier today. Did you turn our lights off in here? I did not touch the lights. No, but they did get turned off. were not they just on? Yeah, somebody somebody showed up and turned off the lights, man. I uh, I know we we've joked about it, but turn I just saw a clip lights. from two hours ago. Andy Murray had this rally. Okay. Holy crap! Is that his a tennis thing. His his match is still going on, by the way. It's like 3.30 a.m. in Australia right now. Yeah, they've been on the court five and a half hours. They're tied at yeah. four all in the fifth set with a uh, with an Australian. You should try to find this at Australian Open. It was tweeted two hours ago. So think about that. They're still playing. This was tweeted two hours ago. Still going. And it's a rally where Murray's basically on the defense, and I forget the guy's name. He's playing. Kokonakis. Kokonakis. Big Kokonakis fan. Is at the net Big with, fan. like, four straight smash-the-ball you know, put Murray away now moments, and Murray just guesses right on every single place he's going with the smash and eventually heaves it over his head, and Kokanakis comes back, hits the ball right into the net and loses the point, slams the racket down. If you want great tennis, that is great tennis. ESPN+. Plus. I got it on in here. It's not on TV. They don't have it on ESPN. What's Aaron on ESPN this morning? Uh, get up and first take. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. is Screaming Ace still selling his book? I don't know. The but... life you never knew I lived. He's what? gotten dragged oh, this week. Kokonakis with an ace to go up 5-4 <laughs> in the fifth. How do you not root for a Kokonakis? <laughs> Where's Kokonakis from? Australia. Uh, so he's oh, got he's the, the, the home zone. guy. So that's the best part. Kokonakis loses this rally I tell you about. He slams his racket. They go to Murray. Tamasi Murray starts Kokonakis. putting his- he put Puts his hand on his ear, like I can't hear you anymore. <laughs> look at you guys trying to sell me on the Australian Open. Ah, uh, look at that screaming a taking Beyonce over Rihanna. He got in, he got uh, people dragged him because he made fun of uh, Shannon Sharp for missing a show, running from the running from the debate. And then oh, uh, Stephen A. Smith has been out, like, all week selling his book on uh, Good Morning America. So he's missing the debate. He's but... missing but... the debate. Okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Guess what? Nobody cares. <laughs> no. Hey, Spencer Sanders is going to Ole Miss. Is that doing anything for you?
0: No. Four-year
1: starter at Oklahoma State. Honestly had one of the more disappointing seasons this year. Remember, they were, in 2021, they were a play away uh, from winning the Big Ten, or Big Ten, Big 12, and going to the college football playoff. They were a, an inch away from going to the college football playoff, and then they ended up sucking this year. And his numbers dipped basically across the board. And uh, now he is in the portal as a four-year starter going to Ole Miss. I I'm kind of confused. They've got Walker Howard and they've got Jackson Dart. So you have three. It's, a, it's an interesting spot. Starting quarterbacks because they brought in here. Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart was one of the higher-rated quarterbacks in the country coming out. He yeah. was only at USC for a year. And so I think he was only technically a sophomore last year. And he, look, he also wasn't great. Ole Miss was probably one of the most fraudulent 9-win, 10-win teams of the, on the season. When you go look at who they beat, I mean, they beat literally nobody all year. And when they play a good team, they'd find a way to lose. Yeah, Jackson Dart's only a sophomore. So clearly, if you're bringing in Spencer Sanders, that tells me you're making a change of quarterback. Is maybe, it? Or is it you just, you're having a quarterback competition? If you're Spencer Sanders, I, wouldn't, I mean, you're a four-year starter in the Big 12, wouldn't you go somewhere where you're guaranteed to win the job? This is why this is the transfer portal well, stuff is so weird yeah, for me. Yeah, but, like, let me let me follow that up, though. Where are you going? What what power five program, I guess, is Cal in, could use a quarterback? Come on out to the pac Would 12. you rather play at Cal than go to learn offense as a, with Lane? As a starter? Yeah, if I'm Spencer guaranteed Sanders a starting is, job. Spencer Sanders is small. He's not going to be an NFL guy. No, he's not. So maybe he's doing the Gardner Minshew thing. He's going to go Ole Miss, compete for the job. If he doesn't win it, maybe uh, maybe he will. But if he doesn't, maybe he just starts his coaching journey and starts learning from the lane train. There's, there's going to be a counteracting move to this, so just keep your eye on that. One of these dudes will be, like, back in the transfer portal in a matter of four months. Because if Jackson Dart loses his starting job, that dude's for sure transferring away from Ole Biz. Uh But I thought that one was interesting. You put this up yesterday. Which of these trade targets would you want the Blazers to go after? The overwhelming answer was none of the above. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rui Hachimura. Mura? Mura? Am I saying that right? Rui Hachimura. Mura. Is he any good? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're very angry when you say that. I mean. He played at Gonzaga. I know that he plays for the Washington Wizards. First Japanese he player drafted in the first Look round. Look at me! I'm the captain now. Okay. You think I've seen the Washington Wizards play a basketball game in the last five years? I can dream. Question is, how much? Don't he's dream developed about his that. There's a lot of cool shot. things to dream about. Don't he, dream about. He, he was not a good game. long range shooter at Gonzaga. <laughs> so if he's developed the three and he's a bit more proficient, he's averaging 12 points per game. Yeah, 12 and four. He's six foot eight. I mean, he is. He's six foot eight version of Josh Hart. He's a okay. he he would be a player that if he came here you'd love him and you hate him. He'd be a bit of a <laughs> Nurkic. I feel like all of our guys are that way. I mean they, they kind of are. I, I think every team finds <laughs> those guys, but yeah, outside think, of Dane, but even some fans find a way to complain about Dane. I don't know how that's possible, but sure. Um look, I that that's that's the biggest move you got or maybe Cam Reddish who'll cost you nothing but a second round pick. All they want is a second round pick and matching 6 million dollars to get rid of him. They he's just six, want eight. him gone. He's 6'8" He want can shoot like but he's young and so would you trade? Josh Hart makes what? Thirteen million a year? Uh, Eleven or thirteen? Eleven yeah, or thirteen? Though, so that's somewhere. even too much. Who can we get that's only making six million on there? Can we trade like Keon Johnson? How much is he making? Can we I trade his gladly, ass for Cam Reddish? Yeah, I would gladly trade Keon Johnson for Cam. I you take a flyer on a six eight guy who could shoot all day? I'll take that flyer. Look, sometimes it doesn't always make the most sense, but sometimes you kind of you kind of roll the dice a little bit. <laughs> I love I love you you being upset about me not knowing how good Hachimura. Well, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like Nolan Arenado. Not at all. It's the same. One's an MVP candidate. He's an MVP in Japan. <laughs> God, you're an idiot. Is Arenado an MVP in his country? <laughs> yeah, he is. He's an American. Okay. Damn it, you're right. An MVP in America. Right. <laughs> you need to You need to stop. Yeah, that's just a horrible well, argument. Well, oh, no, hold on. Horrible stop. argument. Okay. Horrible argument. It's a bad thing. I was, It was a random thing I pulled out of my ass, okay, because with the tail end of the show. <laughs> horrible but argument. But let me counter here. There's no counter. Who subscribes to MLB Extra Innings on this show? Raise your hand. You do. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah I do too. too. Yeah, I do too. Okay? Who watches all the NFL? Raise your hand. We're all raising our yeah. hand. Who watches college football? Raise your hand. Who watches all the NBA? Raise your Oh! Okay, hold on. Stop it. So I'm doing the baseball thing. Stop it. You're not doing the basketball thing. You're such a liar.
0: You know such what you li- are? How
1: many non-Braves games did you watch on MLBX Runnings last year? Over under three, over under three, because the under definitely hit. Three and a half. I watched three exactly. Watching your team play does not count. The only reason you're an extra innings package subscriber is because you don't live in Atlanta and you don't get the Braves game. This is very. If I did not live in Portland, guess what I would be? Hmm. I'd be a league pass purchaser so I could watch the Blazers play. If If you lived in Pittsburgh, zero chance you would ever have league pass. I would totally buy league pass to watch the Blazer games. Well, we would never talk about the the Blazers on, this, on, a, on a Pittsburgh would radio show. I still want to watch Blazer basketball games. I've always been a fan. You think I would just stop watching my hometown team? You know what this defensive attitude by you is? No, this is because you made a horrible argument comparing Hachimura wow. to Nolan Arenado, one of the best third basemen in the history of the game. Well, he played to at To a Gonzaga. guy that's averaging 10 points per game. He played at Gonzaga at I a know school he played at Gonzaga. where one of your best friends, like takes his lotion to the closet thinking about that basketball team i'm just surprised you i didn't remember him, him at gonzaga i know the name i asked is he any good in the nba your problem is because he plays for the washington wizards who might be the most irrelevant franchise in all of sports you the florida panthers exist they're you, good they go to the playoffs Nope and then they lose every year <laughs> you never get pushed back in your real marriage and in your work life it's where you get your most pushback Delve into. What are we where are we at right what now? What are we arguing about? Why right are you now? yelling at me? I don't know. You're an idiot. I'm not even mad, actually. <laughs> I actually don't blame you for not watching the Washington Wizards. They suck! I would gamble on Kyle Kuzma though. Can we go get Bradley Beal? Is he available? I don't want that. Is that anymore. a fang? You want that still? Sure. I'd rather have him than Anthony Simons. I'd rather have Shaden Sharp. Baby Kobe, baby Kobe. Do they win tonight? What's the line? I would not gamble on them. Philly minus two. Did you it's see what only minus two? Did. did you see what Embiid did last game? No, I did not. Forty-one points. It's they beat so the Clippers. Cute. You keep asking. Let's kind of get. <laughs> we <laughs> open the show and end the show with that. Did hey, you see what the Kings did last night? No, I didn't. They Light won Like the beam. Like the beam. Like the beam. I guess they're good. Uh, Blazers back in action tonight. Uh, that will do it for us, folks. We will talk to you tomorrow at 6 a.m. If you're listening to the show, go check the podcast, 1080 After the break, and at 1080thefan. We had Sal Capaccio on to preview Bengals and Bills. Tomorrow will be a full dive into the divisional round of the playoffs, and we'll see if the Blazers can shock the world and pull off an upset. Damn, do they need a win. They take on Philly uh, tonight. Thanks for being a part of our Thursday. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Colin is next. Listen to 1080thefan.